Hey, hey, friends, welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the power of prayer, how important it is to pray and to believe God for things that seem sometimes impossible. First of all, we need to have our heart right before we approach God and start requesting things from Him. So today, I'm going to talk about the keys to having a powerful and effective prayer life. I'm going to share with you practical steps in order to prepare your heart for prayer, how to pray, and what to pray. For me personally, I start out with thanksgiving, repentance, and captivating my thoughts before I request anything from God. So I start out in the morning thanking God just for who He is. And the next thing I do is I repent. I repent for any pride, any selfish motive just any way in me that does not please Him. You know, ask God to maybe reveal things. Maybe we've justified secret sins. So just start to pray that God will reveal any way in you, any heart condition that He wants to deal with so that He can set you free. Because there's nothing like living in freedom and knowing that you're right with God. So I start out thanking God. Then I repent for any sins, not because I feel convicted because I did something, you know, and I feel guilty and I just say, oh, Lord, please forgive me for that, right? No, I come before him when I don't even think I did anything and I just repent just just in case, just in case there was a thought that I had that wasn't right. Maybe I spoke something about somebody that wasn't right. You know, you just never know what has come out of your mouth during the day, what you've thought about during the day, you know, maybe something you've watched you know, something you've listened to. So it's good just to come before him so he can get our heart right. So it's necessary to come before him with a humble heart and a humble spirit so he can speak to us and let us know if there's anything that we need to work on, you know, the check in your spirit, right? And the final thing I do is I captivate my thoughts. I captivate my thoughts based on one of my life verses, which is in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 which tells us that the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I actually put my hands on my mind and in authority out loud, you know, I just pray, Lord, I demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that clears my mind of any distractions, any thoughts so that I can sit down and spend time in God's Word and not be distracted or overwhelmed by my own thoughts. So that clears my mind. And then I start to spend time with God in the Word, maybe worshiping Him, and so on. Now, there are things that can hinder our prayers, hinder our prayers from being answered. One of the key things that will hinder our prayers is unforgiveness. Jesus tells us, When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So bitterness, unforgiveness, holding on to offense can really hinder your prayers. Unforgiveness hurts us and our relationship with God. If there's any sin that we haven't repented of, any unforgiveness, if there's anything in us, any way in us, it can be hindering our prayers. God wants us to come before Him with a clean heart, with a humble heart, 
believing and expecting that He will come through. He will answer our prayers and nothing is too impossible for God. But if He doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we expect Him to, then we need to trust that His timing and His ways are so much better than ours. And actually thanking God and trusting Him when things are not answered the way that we hope that they would be, because there must be a better reason and a better plan that God has than we even know. You know, we're just human, you know, we see what's in front of us, right? But God sees the full picture. He knows the day that we were conceived in our mother's womb. He knows the last breath that we're going to take. He knows our whole life's timeline, right? So we have to trust him that his timing, his ways, you know, he sees the future. He knows what's going to happen if that prayer is answered. And ultimately, what you want and what he wants us to want is his will above our will. His will is more important than anything that we will want on this earth, right? Because that's where the peace is. That's where his perfect plan for our life is. So yes, we need to pray, but we also need to trust God when we do not get what we want, maybe when we want, because he is God. He sees all, he knows all. But our vision as people is very limited. I always look at God like I would a good, good father, right? A good parent, one that wants his best for his children. For example, when a child comes up to his parents and says they want all this candy, right? Or they want to go run out and play, you know, only the parent knows that no, you know, you might be in harm's way out in the yard, you know, where the cars are. You'll get a ton of cavities if you eat all that candy, right? And so out of protection, out of wisdom, out of knowing what will happen, they say no to their child. But the child gets upset because all they see is they didn't get their way, right? They didn't get what they wanted, and that's all they see. They don't see the bigger picture. Well, it's the same with God, friends. You know, He sees the bigger picture. He knows what the outcome would be. He knows what the results would be if we just got everything that we asked Him for, right? And so we have to trust Him like a good, good father, like a good parent, right? And then usually with kids, you know, once they become adults and they mature and they get older, they look back and they actually thank their parents for saying no because, you know, they kept them protected. They kept them out of harm's way. Where would they be right now if it wasn't for their parents? and their wise decisions. Where would we be right now if it wasn't for God's good decisions, his good answer, right? His protection on our lives. So we have to look at God as a good, good father because we are his children and he is our father. He's not out to, you know, be a killjoy and not give us things we want, right? Or make us wait because he has a power trip. That's not why God will say no or maybe or wait. He has a perfect timing, but it's coming out of a heart of love because he wants his best for our lives. And we have to look at Jesus with the right perspective, a right vision, trusting that he has better for us. I can tell you from experience, I thank God for the times he did not answer some of my prayers because when I look back, you know, 2020 is hindsight. Thank God that he protected me and that that didn't come to pass. I'm going to share with you practical ways on how to pray every day with the right heart, a heart that is ready to receive what God has for you. 
For me personally, I start out every single morning thanking God. I thank Him not for what He's done. I don't thank Him just for prayers that were answered. I thank Him for who He is alone and His unchanging character. Because if God never answered another prayer for us or gave us another thing, He has already done way more for us in our lives than we can ever repay. So I start out every morning not coming to God with requests, but I start out actually thanking Him for who He is. I tell Him, thank you, Lord, for your grace and your protection and your provision. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your sweet conviction that leads me to repentance. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And I believe that God is well pleased with somebody that comes before him because they love him, not because they want something from him. I mean, nobody likes to feel used, right? If you had a family member or a friend and they only called you when they wanted something, how would you feel? Well, it's the same way with God. You know, he doesn't want people just to come to him because they want something from him, right? He requires a real relationship with us. God is really after our heart. You know, why do you pray? Is it because you're worried or you need something? Or do you talk to him just because you love him? You know, friends, this is everything. Going to God when we want or need something is no real relationship. You know, I say this all the time. He's not Santa Jesus. You know, far too many people, far too many believers treat God like he's a Santa Jesus. By our actions, we're saying, I'm going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to live selfishly. I'm going to build my own kingdom. But when I face a challenge and I need something that I can't do myself, when life is out of my own control, then I'll look you up, Jesus. Far too often, people call on God only when there's an emergency and they need some type of help. Instead, He is the lover of our souls. He is our lover. He wants to be the one that we crave, that we miss, that we wake up every morning and long to spend time with, that we go to bed and think about. He wants that relationship with us. He's not the plumber. He's not Santa. He's not the mechanic. He's not your credit card. He's not your psychiatrist, and he's not a magic pill. He's so much more. So there's nothing wrong with approaching God and talking to him and asking him for help and calling on him when there's an emergency. But don't let that be the only reason you approach God and want to talk to him. But let's go back to the things that will hinder your prayers. The first one I gave you was unforgiveness. Another thing that will hinder your prayers from being answered is selfishness. Why are we praying? Are we praying for our own selfish motives? Or are we praying for the things that matter to the heart of God? Why are we praying? Because selfishness will also hinder our prayers. Because it's very possible to pray for the right things with the wrong motives. For example, if we pray, Lord, use me. I want to be used by you. I want to be someone who speaks out for you. Then that is a good thing to pray for, right? But ask yourselves, why are you praying that? Is it because you want people to notice you, to applaud you, to get more followers on social media? You know, those are not the right reasons to become a leader. If that is what God has called you to be, it isn't easy to be in a position of leadership. There is great responsibility that comes with it. 
So sometimes selfishness can hinder our prayers. So we want to pray with the right motives and the right heart. So it goes back to making sure that our heart is right and that we remove all selfish motives. There's nothing wrong with praying for the desires of your heart, but if that's why you approach God because you want something from Him and you want to use it for your own gain, then we need to have a heart check. Because the Bible tells us that, you know, I already know what you need. You know, I already got your back. I already know what you should have in your life. I already know what is best for you. But seek my kingdom first, and all those things that you desire and you want will be added to you. You know, he will bless your life abundantly, but we should be praying for things that matter to the heart of God. And of course, our desires matter to God. He loves to give us things that we like, that we want, but that should not be the reason why we pray. Because at the end of the day, it's not the temporary things that matter, it's the eternal things that matter. And the closer you get to God, the closer your relationship is with Him, the more that you will want the things that he wants. Your heart will break for the things that break his heart, and you will naturally want to pray for things that matter to him because they also matter to you. And God will begin to show you the things that matter to him. God will give you a compassionate heart where you no longer want to live just for yourself. You'll want to impact others and to help advance God's kingdom. You know, Luke 12 says it perfectly. Jesus tells us, you of little faith, you set your heart on temporary things. It's the stuff that the world chases after. But I already know what you need. Seek first my kingdom and everything else will be given to you. I can tell you from experience, friends, that this is true. I no longer beg God or get worried or stressed about things that, you know, he's already got my back. He's going to take care of, right? I don't have an orphan mentality. Far too many of us have an orphan mentality. Like we just hope that God comes through for us. You know, we have to beg him just in case, you know, but really we are sons and daughters of God, you know, that of course he wants to give us good things. Of course, he's going to take care of our every need. And now that I really understand this type of living, I watch God take care of my needs before I even ask. And that's what He wants. He wants to show up in such great ways in our life that we don't have to come to Him begging for temporary things because we already know that He's our Father and of course He's going to take care of us, right? So we can live in peace and set our hearts and minds on those eternal things that matter. So you might be asking, you know, how do I pray for these eternal things? What are they? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You know, start to pray for, you know, your family, your friends, other people's salvation. Praying for the lost matters to the heart of God. I pray that you would bring home the prodigal sons of my life. I pray for Afghanistan and the persecuted church. You know, you start to really have a heart for the things that matter to God. I pray for the unborn that you would bring justice and reverse Roe versus Wade. You know, I pray for our government. I pray for our current administration. But if you don't have a close relationship with God, then there won't be that urgency in your heart to pray for the lost and the broken and the addicted and the unborn and all those things that matter to the heart of God. So I encourage you, friends, not to focus so much on the temporary things, the needs you might have. Instead, focus more on the eternal. 
we must have confidence in Him. It goes back to knowing that God is our good Father. You know, when we were kids, when we came home from school or came into the house, we didn't think like, oh, maybe our parents won't feed us. We weren't worried. We didn't have to beg. You know, the food was already there because our parents knew that we needed to eat. The food was already there. Everything we needed, clothes was already there. Everything we needed because our parents knew exactly what we needed before we even asked. So we need to have that type of confidence in Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that He takes care of the sparrows. Of course, He'll take care of us as His children. There's been times I can tell you over and over that God knows exactly what I need. He knows what you need. People will just show up in your life and give you those things because Jesus loves us and He loves a heart that seeks Him first. Praise Him in the midst of prayers waiting to be answered. Trust Him in the wait. Don't worry. He's got you. Desire the eternal more than the temporary. Proverbs 8.35 tells us, For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. So I encourage you to take a moment, actually ask yourself, do I approach God out of my own relationship with Him or because I need something? Because your motive for talking to God will reveal your relationship status. So I'm not telling you not to pray for things of this world. I mean, if you're suffering today, then pray. Do you need healing from the Lord? Then pray, pray, pray. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Don't pray for a short time and then, you know, God didn't come through on your timing and so you stop praying, right? Just keep praying. Don't stop praying. God answers prayer. I've seen amazing things happen because of prayer. Prayer changes things. You know, God tells us the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. We have to remember, friends, that we are living in a spiritual battle. You know, every day in this battle, we're either winning or losing. We're either gaining ground or we're losing ground. You know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God, and there's a reason for that. We have to be guarded. We have to be prepared. We have to be alert. And especially more now than ever with all the crazy things happening in our world. So we have to start praying for the right things, the things that will keep us strong and alert. Like praying for discernment is my number one desire, to stay walking with discernment. Now you can pray for, you know, the police, the soldiers and their protection, teachers and educators, our government leaders, children and youth, purpose and protection and salvation for the children and the youth of the next generation. You know, marriages for unity and respect and faithfulness. For businessmen, for wisdom and integrity and prosperity. For pastors, anointing and wisdom and revelation. You know, our military, for protection and wisdom and and integrity. For our education, for truth and inspiration. For our government, for wisdom and integrity. For the media, truth and decency and morality. For families, unity and peace and respect. For businesses, integrity and prosperity. For the church, for servanthood and boldness and unity. These are all amazing things that matter to the heart of God. And of course, things that, you know, desires of our heart also matter to the heart of God. Our healing also matters to the heart of God, right? 
And the Lord loves to answer our prayers. He loves to give us the desires of our heart. But ultimately, friends, God is after our heart. He's after our motive. He's after his kingdom. He has a greater plan, a bigger plan, and his ways are not our ways. We have to trust him in every circumstance. Another very powerful aspect of praying is to pray in the Spirit, to pray in your heavenly language if you have it. You know, it's so powerful. It's really God interceding on our behalf where He really starts to shift things behind the scenes. When you pray in your heavenly language, it's very, very powerful. One of the reasons is because the enemy doesn't understand it. It's between you and God. So if you don't have the gift of tongues, I encourage you to desire it and to ask God for it. Because there are many benefits to speaking in tongues. You know, I'll give you a few reasons why every Christian should speak in tongues. Tongues, you know, like I said, are divine communication and direct contact with God. You know, praying in tongues reminds us of the Spirit's indwelling presence. And it's for spiritual edification. The Holy Spirit helps our weakness when we pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is also praying God's perfect will. And it enables us to pray out our ministries. And it strengthens us and gives us spiritual refreshing. I can tell you that for sure. When I pray in the Spirit, I feel very empowered and I have spiritual refreshing. It really stimulates our faith. And also when we pray in tongues, we're giving thanks well and we're magnifying God. So this is probably a topic I'm going to talk about maybe on my next episode. I'm really going to go more in depth on speaking in tongues and praying in a heavenly language. So look forward to that. Well, friends, this wraps up today's episode on prayer. I hope that I was able to encourage you and to give you understanding and practical steps on how to pray, what to pray, and how to prepare your heart to have your prayers answered, and to have faith in believing that God will answer your prayers. And if He doesn't, He has a perfect reason why. So on that note, let me pray over you to end today. Lord God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you want us to pray. You want us to approach your throne with all types of requests, Lord God. But we want you more than we want our prayers answered. Give us a heart that desires you, that craves a relationship with you above all, Lord God, that our hearts would be right. I pray even now for those listening, Lord God, if there's any secret sin, if there's anything hindering us from having that right relationship with you, Lord God, reveal it to us today. Do what you need to do in our hearts, Lord God. We want to be right with you. We want our prayers to be answered. We want to see your wonders. We want to see your power. We want to see reconciliation, redemption, restoration, and families, Lord God, and marriages, Lord God. You know, everything that we need in this earth, Lord God, you provide because you are so good. You are so faithful. Thank you for who you are, Lord God. Thank you for your your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your grace, Lord God. Thank you for your provision, your protection, our salvation, Lord God. You are worthy to be praised no matter the circumstances. You are still worthy when things are good, when things are not looking too good. You know, you are worthy to be praised, Lord God. And we will not praise you and worship you and come before you when we are in desperate need of something to be done, Lord God. But we will come to you daily because we love you and we want a real relationship, an authentic relationship with you, Jesus. 
Thank you for who you are, Lord God. Amen. Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.